<laughs> let Jesus lead. In week one and two of this holy season of Lent, we considered an aspect of the nature of discipleship. Namely, that it's Jesus who leads the journey. In week one, Jesus began to lead the journey into that desolate desert. In week two, Jesus leads us up the mountain of the transfiguration to get a glimpse of his glory. Now with two weeks of Lent remaining, listen again to the words that were placed upon our minds and hearts just moments ago. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there also will my servant be. So wherever Jesus is, so there is his servant. Therefore, if we took the words of Christ seriously earlier this Lent, in week one and two, then we can say of ourselves that we have not lagged behind, we have not totally abandoned ship, we have not made our own course in our own way, but rather we're still following Christ's lead. And we can say this, wherever Christ is, there I am, following closely. We know that our Lord wants us to stay close to him. He wants us to follow close. And so hearing those words that wherever I am, there will be my servant, we have to ask ourselves, are we there with him? Are we at his side? Because today we hear these words. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. And so we have to ask ourselves, do we still want Jesus to lead after hearing those words? Are we still willing to let Christ lead us when he has those words to say about himself? Now, after that, he says, the hour, the hour has come. You see, in John's gospel up to this point, Jesus has been saying in the future tense, my hour will come. My hour is going to come. But now he says, the hour has come. It is here. It is among us. And so Jesus expresses through this parable that we must follow him in a particular way, the same way that he is choosing to go. And he uses this image of a grain of wheat so as to speak of his upcoming death that is inevitable. And he reminds us again where I am, there also will my servant be. And so he asked each and every one of us, are you with me still? Are you close? Do you still want to follow me, although I must fall to the ground and die? It means to lose your life too, so as to gain it. It means for you too to fall to the ground and die like a grain of wheat, so as to bear much fruit in this world. The hour has come. And the hour has come when the new covenant that we heard about in our first reading is being ushered in. Let's recall that first reading again. 
Through the prophet Jeremiah, God prophesies, saying these words. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And he continues on to kind of show us that this new covenant has one specific distinctive feature from all the rest. It has one unique characteristic. God says, all from least to greatest shall know me, says the Lord, for I will forgive their evil doing and remember their sin no more. In other words, the new covenant is among you when the forgiveness of all the sins of all the world comes to you. Not just to the Jews, but to the Greeks, the Gentiles, every single person. Then you will know. So now it all comes together. Now it's all beginning to make sense. Now we see why Jesus says, my hour has come. He does so because, as we heard in the first part of the gospel, the Greeks come to seek him. You see, they represent, in a sense, the whole world. And now they're coming to see Jesus. They're coming because they want to taste the fruits of salvation, the joy of salvation. And therefore, Christ makes it known, my hour has come, everyone's coming to seek me now, and now for that new covenant to be established, I have to fall to the ground and die so as to bear the fruit of salvation for the whole world. The hour has come. Because the time for the new covenant has, is being established. And we know this because Christ begins to do something interesting. Not too long after this, he'll gather his disciples, his apostles together to celebrate the Passover feast. And he's going to sit them down. He's going to take bread. He's going to say, this is my body. But then he's going to take a chalice of wine. And he's going to say some very interesting words. That the apostles, knowing this Jeremiah covenant prophecy, would have really caught on to. Because he says, take this. It's my blood. The blood of the new and eternal covenant. Which will be poured out for you and for, and for many. For the forgiveness of sins. The hour has come. The new covenant has arrived because so has the forgiveness of the sins of the whole world. So we ask ourselves again, are we close to him? Are we standing next to him? And where the Lord is, can we also be found right there with him? Do we follow him as he goes and he falls and dies? Do we follow him in leading us to hate our own life. That's not to say that we should literally hate it, but that we should place discipleship above all things, even if it costs us our life. Are we letting Jesus lead us even to that point of discipleship so as to preserve it for eternal life? Today we have an opportunity, my brothers and sisters, if the Lord can establish a new covenant with us, then we can have a new commitment with him.
If we follow the lead of God as he speaks of this new covenant, a new promise he makes with all of his people, he calls his own people. So we must follow his lead and we too, we too make a new commitment to follow him. Two weeks remaining in the season of Lent. So whether we're faithful and close, whether we're struggling and we're far away, we're invited today to make a new commitment, to renew our commitment to discipleship. It's not too late. It's never too late. And so do we renew our commitment and be able to say, Jesus, wherever you are, so I will be. It's not too late also to enjoy the fruits of this new covenant, the fruit of the forgiveness of sins. It's not too late, my brothers and sisters, to encounter God and his mercy in the sacrament of confession. If you haven't been this Lent, I invite you to make yourself available for it. To find a priest. After Mass, I'm going to be available for confession. For as many people need confession, I will be there. So that you can experience the mercy of God because it's not too late. You see, it's not too late, my brothers and sisters, to receive a clean heart as we pray in the responsorial song. To have a clean, clean heart so that we can experience the joy of salvation. To have a clean heart so we can experience the merits of Christ and his, and his righteousness on the cross that he did for you and for me. It's not too late, nor is it a waste of time to make a new commitment to the one who made with us a new covenant. So whether you're close or whether you're far away from him, maybe today your prayer can be this. Lord, wherever you are, that's where I want to be. Don't let me be far from you. As you lead me, draw me close to you. Show me how to remain close to you. With only these two weeks of Lent remaining, Lord, may my Lenten practices, my daily prayer, my active participation in the Holy Mass on Sundays, the celebration of these marvelous mysteries, draw me closer to you. Lord, give me the grace to love you more. My God, create in me a clean heart. Or maybe your prayer can be something like this. Lord, I am very scared and nervous to go to confession. Give me your peace. Lord, I don't know all the sins I've committed. Illuminate my mind and heart. Lord, I don't even know how to go to confession. Encourage me to encounter your mercy. It's not too late. So my brothers and sisters, make your prayer today be a renewed commitment to Jesus. Maybe you're an excellent, excellent Catholic right now. Renew yourself again. Maybe you're at church for the first time in a long time. Renew your commitment again to Jesus. It's not too late. Because with two weeks remaining, this holy season, we know that with God, it's never too late. Because he's always extending his hand to us, saying, follow me. And may our hearts be made clean and pure, so we may celebrate worthily and joyfully the mysteries of our salvation.